Welcome to Music and the Church with Sarah Bariza, a monthly podcast about thinking bigger in our faith, our ministries, and our churches. I'm Dr. Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician living in St. Louis, and today I'm joined by Craig Harmon, who is in Houston today. Hi, how are you? I'm glad that you are here. We're recording at a strange time. We're recording towards the end of March for a release date for this podcast in April, and so we are in the midst of figuring out uh, to put it mildly, what on earth are we doing right now as uh, as church leaders, as church church musicians in the age of online worship, online church, and how are we staying connected? And so today uh, we'll have an introduction from Craig, just orient ourselves to, to who, who Craig is. And then we're going to talk about uh, having a mindset that helps us in this strange time. Who knows where we're going to be in a couple of weeks, but wherever we're going to be, it's not the place where we were six weeks ago. Like this is this is such a fundamental shift in how we have done things. It's not a fundamental shift in our faith, but it's a fundamental shift in how we think about the medium that we use and the, the means that we use to speak of our faith. So before we jump into that though, Craig, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, I'm Craig. Uh, I'm a church musician in Houston, Texas. Um, I'm the Minister of Music and Celebration at St. Timothy Lutheran down here. Um, I'm married and have two daughters. My oldest turns 11 in a couple of weeks, and I'm really having a hard time with that. Um, And my youngest is eight. I play the organ. I play piano, sing, direct adult choir, direct handbell choir, you name it, I do it. I'm a pastor's kid, so I literally grew up next door to the church until I graduated from college. Um, which was great for 5 a.m. organ practice sessions when nobody nice. was around or nice. 10 p.m. practice sessions when nobody was around. But uh, this, I, this, I feel, is a fundamental difference in personality. I hate being in a church by myself, in part because I've been in churches by myself and then I found out I wasn't by myself and there were people who were not supposed to be in the building. So I like have this like, I okay, don't go okay. practice quick, late at quick, night. Because... Quick, quick story about that. <laughs> So quick, quick story about that. Um, and I promise I will not derail this too much. So in December, I was getting everything set up for my handbell choir to have a rehearsal in our sanctuary to get ready for our Christmas cantata. And I'm getting every, I'm getting the table set up and I, I walk up to our chancel area where I, I'm getting the table set up and I look up and standing on top of the brick is a raccoon. Oh, oh my Yes, it, it somehow oh. got in through the ductwork, and yeah, it was just a, a mess. But oh. our uh, our maintenance guy found where they were getting in, closed it off, trapped the raccoons, and rehomed them far, far away. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> so and of all the animals, not... like a squirrel isn't going to give you rabies. like <laughs> Right. So needless to say, I moved our our handball stuff out to the to the gathering area and we rehearsed out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need to be close to no raccoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So at at St. Timothy's, you not only direct um, a traditional service, you also have a contemporary service, yeah? Yeah. And uh, so I play keyboard with our worship band. Um, and then I'm responsible for for working with our team to plan the services and get everything set up for that. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. I have my hands and feet in both areas of worship. And and now in this uh, this strange time that we're in, you're doing, a, I think, a blended kind of service right now. Yeah. Yeah. We typically do a, a traditional service at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings and a contemporary service at 1045. 
what we're doing in this time right now is having one service at 9.30, which is essentially a blended service. What we've been doing is about two hymns and two worship songs um, and, and just trying to make the best of the circumstances that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Craig and I are on a Zoom call so we can see, see each other. And Craig is wearing this great shirt that says these are difficult times. And, and it's a set of different, different meters. Um, what, what are the meters on there? It is 6, 4, 9, 8, and 11, 16. Oh, nice. The, the one that my choir always struggles with is 7, 8. And I'm, I love seven eight. Seven eight is like the best meter for organ music. Um, I, I'm a little bit of a Dan Lockler fan, and I love I love his like mixed meter mixed meter stuff. I'm like, oh, this is this is fun. Um, not so much my choir; they don't think it's this fun. Sorry, guys. <laughs> these are difficult times, and these are times that are in ways that we don't know yet. And Craig and I are not going to try to prophesy the future, but you know, it's it's changing. It's changing how we do church. It's changing. It's, I mean, frankly, as far as I can tell, it's putting a lot of churches finally into the 21st century. Churches that were like, nope, we're never going to do this are suddenly like, oh, I guess we can figure out how to stay connected with each, with, with each other, given all the virtual tools we have at our disposal. Yeah, to quote Bob Dylan, the times, they are a-changing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't want to be Pollyanna. I don't want to be like, oh, here's all these opportunities. Yay, rah, rah. No, this is, I mean, this is a very serious and frankly a deadly time right now. And also a bit of a scary time. My husband is an anesthesiologist at the biggest hospital in Missouri. It's the hospital where people get sick when they're really, or get, get sent when they're really sick. You know, it's, it's, this is not a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of us in the church, it's, it's a time that can feel a little bit overwhelming and it can feel a little bit like, what even am I doing? I didn't train for this. They didn't teach me this in undergrad back in the 1980s, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, what are some things that you're thinking about mindset-wise to help you be in a space of openness to this new landscape that we're in? Well, for me, that's been, that's been my life uh, since graduating from college. Um, my degree is, is in vocal music education. Um, and so coming out of college, my plan was to teach for 20, 25 years in, in a school um, and then transition into church music. Um, oh, interesting. Growing up as, yeah, growing up as a pastor's kid, you know, church music was, was, was my life and was part of that. Um, but after one year of teaching, um, that position was cut. Um, and I said, okay, I've moved from the Midwest all the way out to Portland, Oregon. And now what do I do? Um, so, I'm stranded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and so, um, God provided an amazing opportunity for me to serve as director of music, youth and family ministry. Yeah. all of <laughs> That's a good combo. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but it was, it was an opportunity for me to say, I, I have no idea what in the world I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. And really for the past 18 years, that's been my life. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out somehow. Um, whether that's, I, I got my degree in secondary education because little kids scared me. God said, yeah, right. You're, <laughs> Children's you do choir, everything with little kids. Yeah, cherub everything. choir, they might exactly. vomit I'm, on I'm, you. Yeah, I've worked with little <laughs> kids. I've worked with preschool. I've taught K through eight classroom music. I've done all of that. Uh, and, and have learned to really embrace it and love it. And so for me in this time, I think that's that's been a positive for me to say, okay, this is not for me as an issue. Growing up as a traditional Lutheran, 
that's that's not typical um, because our mindset in Lutheranism, especially, is we've always done it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so that flexibility is not really ingrained in that nature. And really, I mean, it's human nature, right? We yeah. we get in habits, we get comfortable, we get set in our ways, and anytime there's a change, whether it's with good intention or sometimes forced as we are right now, it can, it can bring some, some heartache. It can bring some anxiety. It can bring some concern. And, and so I think the biggest thing, and I've seen this a lot over the past two weeks that we've been going through this is a lot of grace extended, um, not only for ourselves, um, but just in the midst of all this, because nobody has been prepared for this. This is not, this is not something we plan for. This is not something we expect, but here we are. My husband and, so, and I keep joking that uh, in the Monty Python line, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition, but here we are. No one expects a global pandemic. And yeah, we, we haven't prepared for this. And I'm seeing the same thing too, with just an outpouring of even gratitude from church members, like just emails that are like, oh, we're so thankful for the work that we're do- that you're doing. We know this is a strange time. We know that this is difficult. We know you haven't done this before. Wow, we are so grateful that you're just stepping up, even even in the midst of the rough edges, you know? Yeah, and, and and I've seen that across the board and in, in across the board in many many churches and many denominations of just, you know what, we're we're making the best of it and and it's not perfect and nobody expects it to be perfect, but it's an opportunity for us to grow and stretch. And I think the biggest thing in all of this is we've lost excuses. You know, we don't have we don't have the ability to do it. Well, you've figured it out now. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're you're forced to. Yeah. And or, yeah. I don't. You know, that's that's been my thing. I don't have the time to do it. Well, I now have the time, so I'm getting things crossed off the to do list at home. I'm I'm working on trying to, you know, all those those ideas that I'd started and sketched out of. You know, this would be a great choral composition, or this would work here. I now have the time to sit down and really mm-hmm. flesh those out and work at it. Or for me, um, in teaching private lessons, it'd be great to teach online, but I don't know exactly how that's going to work. And golly, I don't know if I can really do that. Well, guess what? I'm doing it now Not because again. I've been I've been forced to, and it's been great. It's been fun to do it. And we're seeing also an outpouring from people who have been doing this kind of thing before, saying, "Okay, guys, here's how to do this thing that we were already doing." here's how to do this. I recorded a series of videos with a colleague of mine who's a professional videographer in addition to being a church member. And it's like, so talk to us who don't know what we're doing. Tell us about tech because we don't know what we're doing. I think another um, interesting thing that's happening here, especially for folks who are, for whom just trying something new is much more difficult. I think because, because this is happening the way it is, because it's forced upon us, there's a lot more permission to fail and to feel like it's okay that I failed and not feel like embarrassed or ashamed about the failure. And I wish that that embarrassment, that shame didn't accompany failure, but that's the reality of how a lot of us experience failure is we don't have that mindset of it's okay. If I fail, failure is actually a thing to be celebrated because it means I tried. That's, that's not how most of us think about failure, but right now, we're forced into it. We don't have an excuse. We just have to do it. And we are failing and sometimes quite comically. I mean, I'm sure y'all have all seen those videos of like the choirs trying to do a zoom choir rehearsal and all sing at the same time. And yeah, no, that doesn't work. Sorry. And it's pretty nope. funny. Yeah. Um, but it's a time when 
we have so much more permission to fail and feel like it's okay that we failed. We tried our best. Yeah. We're going to try again next week. And, and, you know, and I've seen, I've seen this brought up a couple of times and my pastors talked about it a, a little bit as well. You know, it's an opportunity to go back to the early church uh, where they didn't have a building, right? But they met in people's homes and, and essentially that's what we're doing right now. We're using technology to meet in people's homes. Um, and, and I think there's, there is some positives that can come out of that, but you know, we, we have to take on that mindset. Um, you know, and, and for them, they were figuring it out as they went, right? I mean, obviously they had the, the opportunity to spend three years with Jesus and, and they had the Holy Spirit giving them guidance and leadership. And we do too. Uh, but, you know, they figured it out as they went. I don't think for them it was perfect uh, from day one. But I think for us, that's our challenge, right? It's not going to be perfect. And as long as we go in with that understanding that we're doing the best that we can, we're, we're, trying to figure it out. Like for us, um, our first streaming worship service on Sunday that we did was great. We did it the Wednesday night following, and we were about 15 minutes late because of technical difficulties. Mm. Those things are going to happen. And people gave us, people gave us grace. Um, you know, it was, it was not, Hey, I'm ready for my worship service. Where are you? You know, it was, you know, sometimes that even happens in a live event where you're like, well, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. The power that, just went yeah. out and we're going to yeah. find another solution. Yeah. The mic just decided to go out. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean like the, the, so the church that I was, was director of music, youth and family ministry at, I clearly remember one Sunday morning in the middle of the service. And this was a communion Sunday that a squirrel got blown up in the transformer. Oh, oh no. I know I'm, I'm, I'm all wildlife today here. But <laughs> into the transformer and it blew up so we lost power in the middle of the sermon yeah so i don't have power to the organ i'm gonna go to the piano and just play the rest of the service on the piano you know you, you just make do with what you've got and mm -hmm. you make the best of it You're and, like, okay this is this is the next thing i'm gonna roll with it and and ultimately you know if you go back to scripture jesus talks about how god looks at the inside god doesn't look at the outside of what we do and, and that's the thing is that, you know, when we're doing it with the right heart and the right spirit, that this is not about us. You know, this is not about how many clicks we can get. This is not about our online presence or anything like that. It's connecting people to God and his word, connecting people to worship. That's really what matters. And so that end result, what it looks like may not be perfect, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's forcing us to think about what's, what's really important here. Um, and I think all of this really is, you know, whether it's how we use our time, the, the things that we're doing with our time, you know, I, I think all of that is, is I mean, we're being forced to examine it. We're, we're stuck in that of just, you know, we don't have those excuses. You know, we, we, we can't say I'm too busy to do this. Um, sorry, you're stuck at home. This is just life. You know, <laughs> like Craig, Craig has time. bigger kids. I've got a three-year-old, so. <laughs> I warned, I warned my, yeah, I have bed. He and I sleep. I, I'm pregnant. I sleep the same amount as he does at night, actually. There's that. I'm, I'm, I'm gestating. I'm really tired. There is <laughs> but, you know, even, even in this time, you know, I'll, I'll be chatting with my colleagues about this and, you know, we'll, we're on a Zoom call and my, my child comes and jumps on my lap and it's like, okay, well, this is what it is. We, um, before we close up the church, we had a staff meeting where I, I didn't ask them. I said, here's what, what we're doing. 
because my three-year-old was with me, we went down into the preschool, like, muscle room, gross motor room. He played on the tricycles, and we had staff meetings sitting there because I was like, he's not going to sit in the library. <laughs> like, right. especially if we want him to sit when we're recording a, our, like, mini sermon and stuff. Like, I'll give him the iPad then. We got to save it. Save that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so that's that's actually for us one of the things that we've, we've tried to do because we have a lot of children in our church. Mm, yeah. And, and one of the things that, that our children's minister does such a great job of is she takes the kids out during the message and does a children's church yeah, time with yeah. them. So, so what we've done in, in our live stream services is we've moved, we've put in a children's message. We don't typically do that, but we put that right away at the beginning because we know kids aren't oh, going to sit nice. through the whole thing, yeah. right? So they're going to be wiggly. So we try to start off with an upbeat song. Um, last Sunday, we, we actually had them dance. Uh, it was a song that the kids had done actions to in Sunday oh, school. Fun. Um, and so, so our children's minister was up in front leading the actions. Um, and we got video back from, from a few families, um, of their kids dancing in their living rooms, which was awesome to that's see. Fantastic. So, because that's, that's really the, the, the craziest part of this new reality, at least I think is you're in an empty worship space and, and, and how, how different that feels. I mean, not just the whole, okay, I normally am at the church by seven o'clock in the morning. Well, I don't have to be. Uh, we, we basically start walking through the service about eight um, for a 9.30 live stream time. Uh, but then I'm usually back at home between about 12, 12, 15. Well, if we're only doing an hour-ish live stream, I'm back home by 11. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's different in so yeah. many different ways. Yeah. And, and I think that goes back to what I was saying before about giving ourselves grace and, and just the word that keeps coming back through my head, especially on Sunday mornings, because um, we've done this for two Sundays in a row. It's weird. It's just, there's, there's it's surreal. Yes. But just, it's weird. Um, and, and in my head and in my mind, I don't like it, but it's the reality that we're living in right now. And, and so I can, I can have my hissy fit. I can, I can, you know, throw my three-year-old temper tantrum as, as the best as of them. happens. Yes. But that doesn't change anything. And so I'll have my moments and I've had my moments of just, I don't like this. This sucks. This is horrible. I don't like it, but <laughs> it doesn't change the reality. And so I, I think that's called wisdom. I don't know. Maybe yeah, maturity. maturity. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But to say, okay, I can't change the reality that I'm living in, but how do I make the best of the reality that I'm in? And how do I, how do I strive to excel in that reality that we're living in? Craig, will you tell us where to find you online? You have lots of different things that you do online. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing that I do online is I have a blog for church musicians. It's uh, www.churchmusicmakers.com. Um, and I've got a Facebook group um, for, for that as well. Um, I also have a podcast, the Church Music Makers podcast. I try to make it super simple for everybody. Um, Typically, it's weekly, but um, in light of where we're at with everything, I've been going to a daily podcast with, with different conversations that I've had with other church musicians about where they're at personally, where they're at with their congregations, trying to give an opportunity for encouragement since, you know, we're, we're all in this craziness together. Mm. And I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad you're able to take that time, you with the bigger kids, and, you know, do something so wonderful for our colleagues, for our community of church musicians. Well, thank you. You can find show notes for this episode, 
at musicandthechurch.com, where you can also find lots of resources, including my weekly newsletter and podcast for church staff, Getting to Nimble. If you've enjoyed this show, please share it with your colleagues. The best way for them to find it is by word of mouth. If you'd like to get in touch, send me an email at musicandthechurch at gmail.com. I'll be back next month with another episode of Music and the Church with Sarah Bariza.